This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Harry Belafonte was an iconic singer, humanitarian, and actor. His career spanned many decades in award-winning performances, and he dazzled regardless of the genre or format, musicals, noirs, sci-fi dramas, and westerns. In his later years, he was best known for his humanitarian work and activism alongside civil rights leaders like Martin Luther King Jr. But he first rose to prominence as a recording artist and as the rare Black actor cast in leading man roles during the 1950s. I'm Aisha Harris. And I'm Stephen Thompson. On this episode of NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour, we're remembering the life and legacy of Harry Belafonte, talking about some of his great performances. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, A People's History, from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's just the two of us today. Harry Belafonte died today at the age of 96. He had a decades-long career in show business and as a human rights activist. He first attracted attention in the 1950s. During this period, he made his name as a nightclub performer and a recording artist. His 1956 album Calypso was a bestseller and featured the hit song Deo, which is also known as the Banana Boat Song. Around this time, Belafonte also became a movie star, appearing alongside Dorothy Dandridge in a handful of movies, including the classic musical Carmen Jones, an all-black reimagining of the opera Carmen. Later, he would team up with Sidney Poitier for the hit comedy Uptown Saturday Night. He was also a driving force behind the 1985 all-star charity single, We Are the World. Belafonte is an EGOT throughout his career. He won a Tony, multiple Grammys, an honorary Oscar, and he's the first black person to win an Emmy. In his later years, he would become especially known for his humanitarian efforts. Aisha, before we dive into your film recommendations, can you talk a little bit more about his activism and how that intersected with his art? Yeah, I think it's kind of impossible to separate his activism from his art because it appeared so often and in tandem with what he was doing both on screen and on stage as a performer. And um, we've already mentioned We Are the World, which obviously was like a juggernaut in the 1980s and part of that trend of celebrity singles uh, meant for charity purposes. But he was also very active in the civil rights movement. He was a very close friend and ally of MLK. I think something 
people don't realize or don't remember is that he actually spent a week in 1968 stepping in for Johnny Carson on The Tonight Show as a host. And during that week, he featured interviews with MLK and Bobby Kennedy mere months before their assassinations. He was also, you know, very uh, active in the anti-apartheid movement and outspoken against the Bush administration. But yeah, I, I think that when we think about his art, there are so many other really great performances that we'll talk about, including something like The Muppet Show uh, episode, which is a classic. And I think anyone who uh, loves that show would point to his performance of Turn the World Around as one of the top moments in The Muppet Show's history. He spanned so many different corners of culture and politics. And this is like a huge loss, both for the arts world and for the political world as well. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about just that long legacy, you know, I'm 50 years old and I've always known of Harry Belafonte as sort of this statesmanly figure, Mm. this very, very dignified presence. And somebody who, as you said, whose art just always perfectly dovetailed with activism. And, you know, you mentioned We Are the World. He was the catalyst for that, kind of in the wake of Band-Aid's Do They Know It's Christmas. That song raised tens of millions of dollars for famine relief in Africa. I think it's worth mentioning that the Banana Boat song, (laughs) Deo, from the 50s, is a very, very, very political song. Mm. That is a, a work song. It's a protest song. Even as it's you know become popularized and repopularized in movies like Beetlejuice, that song still has this really strong political undercurrent. Absolutely, absolutely. I guess that kind of brings me to my first pick, and and it kind of comes out of this idea of him being both political on screen and off screen. This is Odds Against Tomorrow, which is from 1959, and it was actually produced out of Belafonte's production company, Harbell Productions. You know, this is the 50s. There are not really too many Black leading men on screen. Sidney Poitier is obviously the other big one. Mm -hmm. But Belafonte occupied that rare space where he was able to, at some point, um, at a time when most Black performers did not have that kind of power, he was able to put together this production company. And one of the films that came out of that is this film. Odds Against Tomorrow is directed by Robert Wise. It is one of the great classic and one of the last great classic film noirs of that era. It is, first of all, stacked with an amazing cast. It stars Belafonte as Johnny Ingram, who's this nightclub singer and gambling addict who's brought in on a job to rob a bank alongside an ex-cop who's played by Ed Bigley Sr. and a racist ex-con played by Robert Ryan. This film is just simmering. It was shot on location in New York City. And He's just so good in this. He's got this very tense quality to himself because he needs this money. He needs to fix things. He has an ex-wife and a kid he has to support. Um, he, He owes money because of his gambling addiction. And so he's in the hole by like, a few thousand dollars. And this job is necessary. But then when you have him working with Robert Ryan, who is just, you know, craggly faced Robert Ryan, who's really great and really convincing as this racist guy who doesn't want to work with Harry Belafonte's character, you just get this really great explosion of tension and all of the sort of things that we think of about noir, the things that make noir so fascinating and so great, the seediness, the darkness, the great dialogue. It's all in this film. And Harry Belafonte is a huge reason why this film works. You're in debacle for too much dough. Now tell me something I don't know. You owe him about six grand, right? Wrong. Seven and a half. It was six last week. Well, the horses are still running and I'm still losing. And Baco's willing to wait? So that's Odds Against Tomorrow from 1959. It is available for rental. 
your picks span, what, about 60 years? Yeah. <laughs> to, to talk about just how far-reaching this career was. Your next pick is from the 70s. Yes. So Buck and the Preacher is from 1972. And it's actually Sidney Poitier's directorial debut. And small plug, I, I did write the uh, essay for the Criterion release of this last year. Um, so you can go check that out. It's a, I think, kind of an undersung Western. It's a Black Western. And Sidney Poitier uh, plays this, wagon master who it's set right after the civil war and it's based partially on on true historical facts where formerly enslaved people were heading west and trying to settle but they were often facing bounty hunters and people trying to like force them back onto plantations to work for white uh, plantation owners. And so Sidney Pony is playing sort of like a Harriet Tubman who is trying to like help guide these uh, formerly enslaved people out West and avoid all of the violence and adversaries that greet them. And he runs across Preacher, who is played by Harry Belafonte. And Preacher is such a departure from what we usually think of when it comes to Harry Belafonte's characters and roles and persona. He's definitely playing against type here. His matinee idol looks are very much toned down. He's got <laughs> yellow teeth. He's got matted hair. He's a preacher ostensibly. He carries around a Bible and he's always preaching, but he's also very obviously kind of like a trickster. He's not someone who can be trusted. And what I love about this performance is just how much Harry Belafonte throws himself into this character. He's very bombastic. And he starts off as an individualist in the film and like is only out for himself. But once he teams up with Sidney Poitier, he has this sort of radicalization moment. And this, again, is like more of him sort of infusing his politics into his characters. Both him and Sidney Poitier were very conscious about making this a film that placed Black people in history that they're often left out of, the Western, and making them the heroes. And there's a great scene where we see Belafonte sort of doing the shuck and jive uh, performance uh, in this brothel. Um, him and Sidney Poitier's character are going to go ambush the place. Fornication, fornication, that's the way these talk to me. And he does the shuck and jive performance where the white men in the brothel are all like very entertained, but he's only doing it so that he can uh, have Sidney Poitier's character bust in and, and, and draw them at gunpoint. It's really great. I'm Buck. You should definitely check it out. And that's Buck and a Preacher, which came out in 1972 and is available for rental. And it's got, you, you didn't even mention, it's got Ruby D in it. Ah, uh, yes. you got basically a Mount Rushmore of Black Hollywood in, in the 20th century. I know. And she gives such a great performance there, too. Yeah, for sure. When doesn't she? All right, give us one more pick. So the last pick is actually his final film appearance, which was only just a few years ago. It's Black Klansman, directed by Spike Lee. And Belafonte only shows up for one scene, but it's a very long sequence. And I think it's actually a quite fitting final film role for him. Basically, Belafonte is playing a fictional character named Jerome Turner, and he recounts the 1916 lynching of Jesse Washington, who was a black man who was accused of raping and murdering a white woman. And Lee draws out this sequence where you have Harry Belafonte's character telling the story of Jesse Washington and describing it in detail of how he's accused and how he was then lynched, the very horrific details of that happening. He put Jesse on trial. And he was convicted by an all-white jury after they deliberated for only four minutes. 
And he intercuts that with an initiation of KKK members. It's an initiation ceremony that's actually led by David Duke. This is set in the 1970s and sort of based on a true story. Uh, there, it, sometimes it plays loose and fast. Loosely. Yes, yes. Um, but anyway, the, it's led by David Duke, played by Topher Grace. And it concludes with the members who are being initiated watching and cheering at Birth of a Nation, the D.W. Griffith movie. Oh, look at that! And the way that this sequence of hearing uh, Harry Belafonte's character talk about this paralleled with the Birth of a Nation scene, um, it really, first of all, it's, it places itself in history because Birth of a Nation, one of the things, aside from all the racism and all that stuff, <laughs> is also like considered a technical achievement in the way that D.W. Griffith used a lot of modes that we are utterly familiar with now, but they were new at that time, including cross-cutting. And so Lee is using the cross-cutting sequence. And he's also using Harry Belafonte as the role he had become by the end of his life, which was sort of the elder statesman. Like one of the last people left who will tell you the history of like the people he knew then. In a way, even though Harry Belafonte himself never obviously knew uh, Jesse Washington because this happened before he was actually born, it still feels like a perfect sort of coda to his career and also just his life and what he dedicated his life to, which was passing on stories, telling stories and making sure that younger generations didn't forget what happened. Um, So it's a really beautiful, powerful scene. And Harry Belafonte lends it such gravitas and such weight. So that's Black Klansman from 2018. It is available to rent. Aisha, those are great picks. And as you can imagine, a career this long, we have really only scratched the surface. But I appreciate how many different eras you're able to to draw from. And I thought it would make a certain amount of sense. He you know, was also an enormously accomplished musician. We should go out on a song. What do you want to play to take us out? Let's just do Turn the World Around from The Puppet Show. It's oh my gosh. so beautiful. You should definitely go and watch it on YouTube as well because the Jim Henson and the puppeteers created actual like sort of tribal, African tribal masks. I don't know how accurate they were, but they're <laughs> very beautiful. <laughs> and the song is beautiful. And it's just such a joyful uh, song, the perfect song, I think, to remember him by. Do you know who I am? Do I know who you are? See we one another clearly do we know who we are. We want to know your favorite Harry Belafonte films and performances. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for being here, Aisha. Thank you, Stephen. This episode was produced by Candace Lim and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. Thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all on Thursday. So is life. Water make the river, river wash the mountain, fire make the sunlight turn the world around. Heart is love, the river body is life. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. 
Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.